Hello, hello, my agonies. We soar through the skies once again, accompanying the newborn flying circus as they venture into the swampy delta of the Federation of Miko. What adventures await Weryl Fisher and Derry Dancer? How high will their tab reach before the end of the night? Tonight, on this episode of Skeleton Crew presents Flying Circus, Swamp Birds. This episode contains mentions of blood, portrayal of alcohol, gambling, drowning imagery, recreational fighting, and geese. We open as three planes soar through the cloud jungles, making from the crash site all the way to the swamplands on the southern side of the island. It is among these places where the Luz Federation of Miku exists. So, Derry, what? Can you, who can you see across vast irrigations that uh, uh, break the swamps as well as the tended waterways that tells you that uh, these people live with uh, the marshland environment in a way reminiscent of your own home? I think they have a lot of buildings that like some of them might be high up on stilts so as to let people in boats go through, like go underneath, uh, so as not to like disturb the sort of natural, the way that the marsh is naturally laid out. So they haven't done anything to like, it's really hard to describe. I don't think I have the vocabulary for it. They haven't tried to like dry out any of the swamp so they can build on it. They've just found convenient ways to work with what the swamp has naturally. So some of the buildings are up on stilts and some of them are specifically in drier parts of it. But yeah, I'm rambling now. Sorry. So you make your descent and there is a wooden pathway approaching the town. Well, the Bain town, let's say. And as you approach, you can notice for the first time the hidden anti-air guns that uh, use the thick vegetation and the depressions of the swamp to lure would-be attackers into a false sense of security. And you can see the flags about the goose alligator taking flight, the heraldry of the Federation of the Delta. As you descend from your airplanes, you realize there are not many planes in the strip and it seems to be pretty lightly occupied. Is if they usually depend on wandering circus. But you can see that one of the hangar bays is claimed by a few people. So you figure that there must be other pilots in town. As you are approaching for the question, the eternal questions about refueling and whatnot, what do you notice about the demeanor and behavior and looks of the strip staff that tells you that uh, this is a pretty cosmopolitan league, even if it is relatively secluded by restricting itself to the Delta, Errol? Um, the first thing that Errol notices that brings home the cosmopolitan nature of Miko is 
that the strip staff, the mechanics and such, are welcoming to a flying circus. They don't treat them like live ammunition that's just coming into town to wreck the place and cause trouble. Lots of these small towns in the Gradient Archipelago, while welcoming to strangers, flying circus members are a different story because, well, they do have a habit of causing trouble, but Miko at least is willing to give them a fair shot before they treat them that way. So you are a grieving free leave of the town and you enter the stress relief phase of the game. So what are you going to do to relieve stress? Well, I'm deeply stressed after last session. And I think Derry's really like drumming with a lot of energy, uh, really needs to let it out. So I think now that uh, he's finally in Miko, he's probably going to try to find, you know, something like spectator sport or something like that so that he just he can stand and watch and shout and cheer and maybe try to burn some of that energy off. And uh, you are doing this alone? I think um, uh, he'd probably be like, you know, hey, Errol, Errol, uh, you know, maybe we can go and see if, uh, you know, there's some boxing or or something like that. You know, uh, let's, let's go do something. All right. All right, dancer. Let's Errol say big sharky smile, hand on hand on the shoulder. Let's go find some boxing, uh, maybe some racing. Uh, we'll find something to fritter away a little hard earned money on. Great. Let's let's, let's go. Uh, 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 yeah. And he kind of a little bit happy, but also a little like didn't expect Errol to be down for it. But yeah, why not? Okay, so both of you mark your vice track once. Do we start or night? So you'll go looking up for any place that there's some kind of brawls. And you chat it up with the people attending to to the to the planes and they tell you after some while that hey, you know, uh, the people of the militia they they tend to get pretty frustrated and bent back, so it's kind of a competition between between them and yeah you can uh, go to the, to the militia station and uh, if you talk it up with the people on break they might let you in into the back of the barracks and they will be especially friendly if you bring some booze for them er- errol do we have booze no we don't have any booze but i'm sure we can purchase a little bit dancer calm down we'll we'll get you a good fight yeah it's pretty easy on your way there and you manage to get some of the local drinks and uh, yeah you manage to get there into the barracks and uh, they basically have mo- moved the bedding aside and uh, 10 or 12 people are out gambling as uh, two young soldiers, they they are fighting it out. Well, I say soldiers, but again, they are militia. They are probably young ones that are training in another occupation or, or other, but uh, they are having it out. So, Derry, what can you tell me about one of the fighters? She's a wild loiter, Derry is, but she's got kind of more like reptilian features kind of like almost like a crocodile and um, the teeth the eyes that kind of thing and she she's very very clearly just thrashing all of her opponents <laughs> like she's the one that people are probably like betting is gonna win all night yeah and there is a challenger that is actually putting up some fight and Errol what uh, can you tell me about them they are uh, they're Himmelvoke uh, about the same age 
hairs cut very short and the thing that keeps making Errol end up betting on them even is that they have a hardness to the way they look at things they don't look like they're keyed up by this fight they look like they're just comfortable with the violence inherent in this fight yes yeah, so and you have this competition between raw strength and skill and someone that is taking a very cold calculated approach to it and maybe a bit of uh, wisdom beyond the age. So tell me, in which of them are you betting? We lost Charlie. Well, until Charlie comes back, I know, who who are you betting on? I am betting on the cold calculating one. There is a lot to be said of remaining focused when the opponent is distracted. So are you familiar with this vice? With gambling? Well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... Yeah, the idea is that it will be brawling, but it's actually gambling. Yeah, so you are familiar with it. Yes. Errol's two familiar vices are gambling and prayer. Okay. So, okay. So it's going to be a different reaction. So you win a comfortable amount of money and there is another fight going on. And again, against this cold calculating type that by the conversation you hear it's called he's called martin hemlock and there is this crowning kid and she's trying to go up and challenge and you can see that uh, she seems to be quite fast even if she's a bit uh, squittish and well you see everyone is now betting on martin and you get the feeling huh i can make a lot of script if I bet against this kid and he somehow somehow wins, the question is: Are you gonna save your gains for the rest of the night, or are you gonna risk it all and hope that uh, you're gonna make more money and thus have a really good night as you burn it all over? What will it be? Arrow looks around, looks at the pile of script of script in front of him, goes up to whoever's taking the bets, and I'm gonna put it all on the newcomer. Okay, so you bet it on uh, on her to learn she's called Verena Schwartz. And yeah, she goes out there and she seems to be putting a fight. Martin seems to be a bit tired. And it really does not seem like he's going to be losing this one because speed can only take you so far. And Verena manages to lynch one or two good punches, but... Uh, they seem to lack lack enough strength to actually bring him down. And seems like you, if this continues, you're gonna lose all your money. At this point, Errol becomes very much from his normal, more controlled persona, the performative monster he sometimes is, into this just rampaging sports fan where he's at the side of the ring, just yelling for Farina to get in there, yelling advice, some of which might even be helpful, and just absolutely the worst type of sports fan, yelling and causing a ruckus. And you don't know if it was because of your words of encouragement, but... uh or that you cause it so much confusion that you actually get on Martin's nerves. But uh, Verena actually manages to circle around Martin and just puts her, her hands around his uh, large chest and just 
crushes him until he loses his breath and then just a kick but right in the back and she manages to get him in such a position which she can just basically pummel him enough that uh, her hands are bloody and purple but uh, she won and you can see that everyone is starting to get a bit upset with this feature that is coming here and stealing all their money so dancer are you are you familiar with with gambling advice no uh And I need somebody to introduce me to new vices because I am but a sweet little baby. Yeah. So you have introduction. The thing is, you're going to have to check because I guess you have also tried your hand at this gambling thing. And um, well, let's see how well you do. So you're going to be rolling plus daring. Okay. Yeah. And is that uh, just a d20? 2d10s. 2d10s, okay. Yes. And the question is, Errol, are you helping Dancer? Absolutely. I actually just made the joke in chat. Errol gives Dancer... All right, Dancer, so here's how you make money gambling. You know, you always take the sure thing. Never bet more than you can afford to lose. Never stay when the risk is too high. It's a lot like flying. And then as soon as this new challenger comes up, immediately disregards all of that advice and bets it all on the new challenge. Okay. You have to restore trust because you did not trust Dancer. So I think you take one stress. Where cannot I find it? Yeah. When you show fate is a comrade, mark trust and take one stress. So you have no trust on, on Dancer and you take one stress. And so Dancer, you're going to roll to D10s. Uh, Errol, you're going to roll one extra D10. I got 18. Wow. I am, a, I am a very, very daring baby. Yeah, you actually got 19. Whew. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Okay. So you get it as a vice. So you, you also mark gambling as a device that you can indulge on. So tell me how, how Dancer is getting a kick out of gambling. You came here to, for fighting, but you were actually finding a lot of enjoyment here. Wow. So I think it's good that uh, he got introduced to gambling through fighting <laughs> because he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of feeling that high of like that familiar, like love of who's going to win this fight. Is it going to be me or is it going to be my opponent? And now he's kind of seeing it for, from an outside perspective. So he's like, is this person going to win? Is this person going to win? I wonder if the stance they're taking is going to impact anything or how big they are is going to, and he's kind of, working through the calculations a bookie might make in his head um and that's when he kind of realizes that gambling is just combat strategy that's all it is and he yeah he's like i think i like this now yeah and they managed to make a few a few of the local script finally the reptilian woman from before comes back after resting for a while and challenges Verena and Verena has no chance. She immediately taps out and the woman that you can hear by the praises of the other militia folk is called Naji Adele. She is turning around looking for challengers. Errol, 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 Errol. If I go, if I go, will, will you bet on me? You know what, Dancer? Absolutely. Great, great. Okay, I'll be right back. And he kind of dives forward, kind of waving his hand in the crowd, like, you know, a kid trying to be like, pick me, pick me. Okay, so you are indulging on gambling again, right, Errol? Absolutely. Okay, so Mark Vice and 
and you're going to get ongoing disadvantage and you're going to take minus one on the end of the night move. So take note of that. And for dancer, so you stand face to face to this muscular reptilian woman that towers over you and her yellow eyes narrow as she takes a measure of this little twink. <laughs> Yeah. What do you do? Uh, well, Dancer's going to dance. He knows he's small. He knows he's kind of avian. He's, he's just, the you know, a, a birdie man. So I think he's going to start off fairly evasive, light on his feet, you know, just to try and get the measure. Like he's, he's been watching her fight. Yeah, but it's, it's different when you're fighting them one on one. So he's going to try and get the measure of what she's going to do, uh, feel out a rhythm, that sort of thing. Yeah. OK, so mark one vice and let's brawl with this advantage okay so yeah so you're gonna I'll do roll plus hard but you're gonna roll three d10s and get the two worse okay cool so i don't add any to that because i am zero hard <laughs> I got an 11 and I got a 3, so I got a 3. No, you rolled 3d10s and you picked the 2. Oh, shit. Sorry. Okay, so the 2 worse are 7 and 6, so 13. Okay, not so bad. So on an 11, 15, choose 1. Hurt someone bad, hurt a whole lot of folks, win the fight, whatever that means, get out clean and relatively unscattered, or remove one stress. So you choose 1. I mean, I, th I think I want to win the fight, whatever that means, right? I don't want to hurt someone so bad that they actually get hurt. That seems mean. <laughs> We're just fighting for the sake of it. So yeah, I'd like to pick win the fight, whatever that means, please. Yeah. So what do you do to win a fight against an opponent that, uh, for all intents and purposes, seems to have every advantage over you? I think the fact that she is so big, I think that he uses that against her. Like, he's not teeny, teeny, tiny, but he's, you know, he's not as big as her and he's a bit more agile so he he kind of makes her dizzy just by dancing around her a lot and then when he kind of feels that maybe she's like that gravity is maybe directing her a bit more than she than she is on purpose uh he kind of pushes her he kind of uses that to you know punch into her and sort of knock her over and then as she's still kind of dizzy and trying to get up he kind of swings in again just to try and make sure that she can't get up and if she does get up then he kind of continues the spinning pattern until she doesn't get up <laughs> so Errol you managed to make a lot of money for the third time who gets in your face about this I and, er and Errol's sadly used to this in all honesty whenever someone starts winning a lot the first person to get mad isn't the other gamblers it's the bookie so whoever's taking the bets when Errol scoops up the chunk of money he just won on Dancer is the first person to start asking if he's cheating or if he wants to you know or he's asking the book he's asking if he's cheating or if he's gonna stop betting or maybe even the polite maybe you should find a better place to gamble stranger yeah the young man which seems to be another fisher folk just starts getting in her face you know maybe you it's better to call it tonight you had your luck. Cousin, come on. You can't fault a man for being lucky. I'm not your cousin. And you're not my friend. And you have a lot of money from a lot of a lot of my friends around here. I should say you should consider yourself lucky and call it a night. Look, look, let me. We are always taught to show gratitude 
in victory. So how about this? Let me check one thing before I make this wild proposition that I'm sure will make me a popular man. We don't use script for anything else besides what we do in town, correct? Yeah, you just burn through script. Until it's taller, it does not matter. Then with that, just why don't we take this script and whoever wants, show me. I don't know where your local drinking hole is, but all of us have a couple of drinks to congratulate my friend on their first victory. As you're saying that, you start hearing the the honks of the watch geese and uh, you can see dancing lights and you just see the militia folk just some of them turn back the the beds other of them hiding the money and all the fighters start running through the window in the opposite direction into the swamp as well as the booker and the other of the people that cannot pretend that you know we were just sleeping in the barracks and there's nothing illicit going on and as the sentries closer what do you do errol keeps the money under one arm grabs dancer hard on the shoulder dancer this is the most important part of gambling running seems kind of weird but okay and books the way the fighters are going so you go into the swamps in the middle of the night you're running across dark water scripting under one uh, one arm dancer under the other trying to not get lost and you finally find yourself with uh, Nadia Dell, Marching Amlock, Verena Swords, and Jean Mackerel, the booker. And so, what you were saying about drinks? <sighs> this Nidran has definitely did done wonders for my thirst. <sighs> you know what, Jean? I do believe you're right. What about you, Dancer? You want to go shut down the local bar? Uh, yeah, I am very good at drinking. Yes, definitely. He he's he's not very good at drinking. <laughs> All right. So which vice are you indulging on now? This is a new. I don't have a drinking vice. I have prayer and gambling. So I guess I'm going to be trying to learn a new vice. We'll call it drinking. Yeah. Okay. So you go to the closest village of the Miku Federation. This one is pretty small. There's like 10 houses, permanent houses, a warehouse. And there seems to be quite a few mobile river houses. And next to warehouse, there seems to be a gothic style uh, bar. Pretty traditional. You could see something like that back in the continent. And and you can see that uh, Verena is a bit nervous. <laughs> I don't know about that. And this is Hunter's Lodge territory. No, they don't like people starting problems there, especially not people from the Burgmeister. And the other just shrug. And we are just coming for drinks, right? We're not causing any trouble. Of course, we won't cause any trouble. A couple of drinks, we'll stumble back home, it'll all be fine. All right. So let's see how drinking goes. So, roleplay daring uh i think dancer also is not good with drinking so i don't think he even can drink like naive says you cannot try a completely new and unfamiliar vice unless a comrade with that vice as a familiar guy so he can't drink yeah that's the thing it depends on the role yeah it depends how the role goes oh not very oh 
Well, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you actually are able to drink and carouse very well in a very relaxing way and fulfilling way. So, mark the vice track arrow and you get the you get the vice, you get drinking as a vice and tell me how you are able to get the best of this uh, gotta style bar and how you are able to make the drinking well the recipe to a good night well spent so at local bars for locals by locals like this they usually try to scare off strangers and people they don't know and people they don't want in there by serving them gross very strong liquors Errol's been working in a flying circus for a while sometimes they eat well sometimes they eat creatively so with a stronger stomach for the sorts of things that most people would turn their nose up at Errol impresses the locals by being willing to drink the booze that every other person turns their nose up at and he ensures everyone has a good time by having a drink passing the next one to the nearest victim being like well let me tell you something Verita this one has a very unique flavor please try it's so delectable and getting everyone in the group into this drinking the strongest most powerful tasting booze this Hunter's Lodge affiliate bar has to offer okay so now because you have drinking you can actually guide uh, Dancer so Dancer do you want to try drinking? yeah I think at the beginning he's gonna you know kind of lean gently over the bar and be like uh, what are your non-alcoholic options Um, and then as soon as he sees that that is that's not an option at all because he is just some rando from outside he's gonna um, he's gonna wait until Errol has you know won everybody over a little bit more and he sees you know oh well you know if if Errol can drink it I can probably drink it and it'll be fine so yeah I'll I'll give it a try yeah, let's roll for it. So, roll plus daring, mark a vice in the vi- vice track, and you're gonna get help. So, you're gonna get Errol is gonna roll 1d10. So, my, my roll was a nine, <clears throat> and Errol got five. So, it's a four and five plus four so it's gonna be a 12 that's 13 okay well still the same yeah you are able to have a nice time it's a bit too strong and it it's a bit like you get the, you get an aftertaste that is the same that you have in the back of your nose when you are around an airplane when they are refueling it <laughs> Which is, uh, it kind of makes you want to throw up at the same time is comforting. This is pretty much what drinking is today. Uh, uh, Makes you want to throw up at the same time it is comforting. Helps you relax. And... As the night goes, uh, the four, your four companions, they keep, uh, they keep basically taking snipes at each other. And until Martin actually falls over the table, half asleep from drinking too much, and they turn their attention to the two of you. So, what takes you to Miku? asked Nagi. We're a circus. Then he just takes a big swig of his drink with both hands. 
I mean, dancers right. We're a circus looking like we're always looking for, for work. You are lucky. There's plenty of work going around, Jen comments. We don't have many planes and even less pilots. And you have seen the swamps. Anywhere that uh, the rivers cannot get, well, they are pretty much blocked by it. Well, let's say that you don't want to accidentally stumble, stumble into the territory of a goose alligator. <laughs> I, I think I could take an alligator. It sounds terrifying. I don't like the idea. And Verena snarks, you cannot take a goose alligator. Do they honk? And that's the thing. They don't honk. All they know is fury. If you can hear them honking, it's because it's already dancing over your dead body. That sounds kind of cool and also really scary. Look, you'll be fine, Dance. We'll be way above it. We won't be down in the swamp, hopefully. Maybe I don't want to go in the swamp, Errol. Do you think Agnes could take a goose alligator? She'd probably do some scary magic stuff and it'd be her friend. That's how I see it going. Then I think we should do jobs here. Agnes can keep us safe from the goose alligator. Yeah, I'm pro that. I'm pro not getting eaten by spooky goose alligators. It doesn't seem like fun. So, what do you do with the rest of your night? I, I think that um, I think now that everybody's kind of more buddy-buddy, Terry's gonna, gonna ask if anybody wants to have like a, just a friendly like no-bets fisticuff like he's he's drunk but still has like some energy to burn uh verina seems to take you on the on the challenge and where do you want to have this fight where, where is a good place to have a, a, a fight verina like we, we can't have it in the bar i don't think it's too fancy would we get arrested if we were fighting outside well i would probably have to arrest you if i was on duty and uh the people from the lodge might not like it we can try going to the next village over that sounds like fun errol do you want to do that it sounds like fun all right all right let me let me finish this beer and we'll go to the next village over what 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 about what about sleepyhead over there should do we just leave him and uh, gene uh, waves yeah, it's fine i'm gonna take him back you can go with them nagi and adil not sweet i know just the place to take them all right well gene i'll, I'll see you tomorrow it's always good to see a, a friendly face so you go to the next village over and uh, this one seems to be surrounded by by irrigation fields all around there seems to be all kinds of traps there and you can see massive uh sheeps well boats more really well more like platforms just filled with uh, wood pile after pile and there seems to be pretty big platforms all around and and the houses seem to be on a smaller elevation, and uh, the others, the others habitations, they seem to be on stalks. Nagi explains, "This is a, this is an operation of the Tender's Lodge. People usually don't hang around here during the night. There's plenty of space." you know can actually have some fisticuffs here in fact and uh, she points out to one of the platforms we can just try to shove each other right into the water that's always a good way to decide who wins a match terry's eyes just like light up just sparkles and and everything and he clasps his hands together and that sounds like so much fun yeah and you start basically practicing with uh, against verena and your fighting styles are are actually pretty similar so it is a mirror match and it kind of drags a lot and um, yeah i think i think i'm happy to 
to to not win this one. Like I think this is more of a, a stress relief one than uh, let's win some cash. Yeah. Uh, so you're gonna mark Vice. You're gonna mark Vice, and because you already did the brawling, you're gonna get a penalty. Okay. And uh, yes, you're gonna get minus one miss forward to the end of the night check. So take that into consideration. Yeah. Minus one. Uh, sorry, what was it? Miss something. Uh, miss forward. So for the end of the night roll. Okay. So you you actually lose this fight as she throws you overboard. And uh, tell me, dancer, how good are you at swimming? <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm not, um, not strictly a, a waterborne animal type of wild loiter. I am, um, I am birdie. Uh, I don't know if, if he would, I don't know if he'd ever would have learned. Maybe, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's not great at it. Maybe he knows how to tread water and that's about it. I don't think he would have, uh, would have done this. Uh, if he didn't think that, like, I think if he thought he was in genuine danger, he wouldn't have done it. But also he's had a drink. So yeah. who knows? The thing that strikes you the most about the waters of the swampland is how dark everything is when you get underneath. And with your head spinning a lid from all the drinking that you are not used to and all the adrenaline of the fight, you just struggle to get to the to the end of the water, grabbing to the first thing that you can see and as you break through water you can you take a deep breath and you clear your eyes and then you see the expression of horrors in the other two next to you as you hear a continuous snap and you realize that one of the things that you used to pull yourself was one of the ropes that were tying one of the platforms full of wood and you just see the platform starting moving back and forth, rocking, and your heart skips a bit when you see two tons of wood just right into the water. <laughs> so what do you do? Um, so is he still in the water? Is it all coming towards him? You are basically, no, no, no. You are basically on the platform. But the thing is, as you pull, you basically use the thing that was tying this together to climb back. Um, <laughs> I think he's just going to swear <laughs> and try to get out of the way. Um, and maybe, maybe just a little drunkenly, you know, reach out to try and catch a log and see if he can pick it back up like i can help i'm helping yeah you can see people turning on lamps and uh, uh, you can see people coming outside and shouting and it's time to run from the scene again <laughs> Yeah, I think I think running sounds good. So, any more vice indulging for the night? I'm confident. I will let I will let Brad choose the next thing because um, <laughs> I don't think I should make decisions. You know, do I want to indulge in prayer? No, not yet. Um, no, I, I think I think we might actually be good just running through the night as fast as we can. So nobody wants to do more vices. I think I can do one more. I think I'm at four from five 
one gambling drinking fight two um thing is my my other the other one i can do is daydreaming which i don't know is super like it doesn't feel like as appropriate for <laughs> everything we've just done to then end it being like ah oh, let's just imagine a beautiful world <laughs> No, I mean, uh, you are basically deep into the swamps. You are in the parts that nobody is really living on. And as you wander there, you find yourself separated from the others. And you find yourself in a, in a tree farm that is rising organically from the from the swamp and you can see a lot of fruits that you don't recognize and you can also see emptied warehouses and houses and do you realize this used to be someone's farm that is slowly being reclaimed by the swamp as it has been abandoned what what, what do you think happened to it Errol? uh i don't know lots of farms like this guy abandoned during the war but it's weird looking all these big trees how do you drylanders deal with them all the time well, th this is hardly any trees i mean I, I i don't know how you deal with a lack of trees like they're supposed to be everywhere they're supposed to block out the sky i mean th this is this is hardly anything errol does a real slow like look at dancer looks very concerned what the hell do you mean they get so big they can block out the sky now I'm, you keep your big weird trees what is there stuff in them there's tons of stuff you can have houses in them there's fruit there's animals live in them like there's tons of stuff in trees why wouldn't you let them get big why, why don't you like trees it ain't, it's not natural trees should be of a reasonable height fruiting or flowering preferably no nests of creatures in them do they get do, do you big and full animals where you're from yeah i yeah what, what do you have against nests do, do you not like birds do you have an issue with birds errol errol gets the biggest dumbest smile what are you talking about dancer some of my closest work companions are birds no birds are fine but what about other critters like i don't uh, you know the ones with the teeth and the biting you mean like goose alligators exactly i don't think they live in trees are you an expert i never saw one in a tree oh god do you think there's one out here uh probably not probably would have killed us uh yeah you say that and you see something moving on the reeds and you can hear a loud growl that you can swear it goes Errol, I think we're gonna die. Dancer, dancer, if this is how we die, there's something very important you need to know. Is, is, is it how to die with dignity? I don't think people die with dignity, dancer. I think they just die. No, what I'm gonna say is run! <laughs> I can do that! Okay, so mark your fifth vice on daydreaming. So you're gonna have to end the night. So so you're gonna roll one d ten for each mark on the vice track, and you can spend a hold from an attendant. So you can get you can go back to your dog for the night if you want to spend. You can spend an attendant has three hold that you can use per routine. So yeah, you're gonna roll 5d 10s uh d20s this can only end well um do we do we add anything to it like i've i've got that yeah you add minus one to each roll i think it's only for the total yeah it's for the total okay 
And again, you can add plus one up to three times from your dog. I will definitely do that. Okay. So that's just a plus two altogether, right? Oh, actually, no, actually, uh, I think you roll plus the mud fire each time because it matters, I think, how many misses you get. Uh, don't roll yet, Errol. You can still, you don't have to use the move yet. And so you're going to roll. This is way more confusing than it should be. Okay. Yeah, I could use a little clarification. I think it's supposed to be 1d20 minus 1 per vice mark. Or per uh, the, the penalty you gave for indulging in the same vice twice. Yeah, when it forward. Yeah, but it's forward, not ongoing. The question... Well, it's the same move, so... If it was any other PBTA, I would apply to this move. Same reason with the attendant roll. So you're gonna roll five D tens and you're gonna and you're gonna add plus two. So plus three from Tuka and minus one from doing the same voice. Okay. Okay, so let's see how many eleven fifties you have. Two, right? No. One. You have three. Three. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have two uh uh, over 60 and one over 11 right okay so that's five stress that you recover but you also have two failures right but only two so you don't get any of the consequences there so you manage to heal five stress which means you get xp equal to the stress that you clear Yes. So tell us how how you end up this night in the company of Tuka. So Tuka is is the best doggo in the world. And I think after Errol and Derry like run back, they make it back to Miko. Tuka hasn't been like tied up by the plane. Tuka's just been like hanging out. Uh, Tuka's a very, very good dog. Um, and I think Derry kind of picks him up uh, in his arms. Um, Tuka is about the size of, of Derry. So this is this is very awkward and weird, um, and they just kind of uh, shuffle off uh, to go find somewhere like a somewhere to spend the night. And he just falls asleep, like with his doggo, kind of like sleeping on the floor next to him, um, just you know petting his ears uh, until he passes out. So Errol, you can continue indulging your vice, or you can also call it a night. So what you're gonna do? Errol's going to indulge one last vice and then call it a night. Um, after making sure dairy is somewhere safe where they're not going to get eaten by a goose alligator um errol strips down to his underwear and goes for a swim and after swimming for a couple of minutes he just floats looking up at the sky and prays to his patron gods of the sea um you know the <laughs> bioluminescent tattoos glowing as he just does what he thinks separates him from a lot of other fisher folk who've been out in the world for as long as he has and remains as devout as he can be uttering just a prayer mainly that this circus works he doesn't want to have to abandon the gradient archipelago and the gods under the sea as unfathomable as they may be do tend to respond to wishes for wealth all right so mark vice and as you are lost in this religious exaltation, you notice a shadow in the in the shore, and you can see that their eyes shine as you look at them, and you realize that they have been observing you as you swim and pray, and they scare you back into the shadows as they see that you have noticed. Errol's going to yell out to the shore, just whoever you are, come out. 
and you can see Nagia Dell coming in and she seems quite disturbed. Spying is very rude and you might not like what you see. No, I don't like what I see at all. This is, this feels wrong somehow. The prayer that I'm swimming alone. But I guess, I guess those kinds of things are not meant to do alone. Anything can look weird than alone. That's true. Care to join me for a midnight swim? I sure not. This is... The Burgmeister does not like that we mess around with religious stuff. Uh, I'm sure you will understand. Of course. I would never ask for you to participate in something that would get you in trouble. Yeah, good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just be careful, you know, and she extends your clothes back to you. You. And, uh, there should be someone from the militia coming in the patrol here in half an hour or so. They usually come in this direction just to check if the people that were out night fishing, if they came back safely, you should not be here when they come back. Earl, take his clothes. Well, thank you for the warning. Yeah. So is this going to be the night? Yes. Okay. So do you have any attendants? Yep. Mitzi, my cousin. So they are an attendant. Yes. That's their function in the... Wait, let me double check that because that sounds right. But just to be sure, an acolyte skilled in combat. Okay, so they're probably a guard. Yeah. All right. So no, they're not an attendant. I have no attendants. So yeah. Uh, so it's going to be 40 20s and you're going to get minus one on each of them. Ouch. Okay. You have a fuckload of failures, sir. Yeah. I don't clear any stress. Yeah, you don't clear any stress. And uh, uh, you have to choose one from the bad list. You become addicted. Would you like to borrow my dog? <laughs> you already used your dog. The, your dog, your dog is a lot Everyone of bad this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is punishment for all the good roles I got last time. You all see the dice bot doing this. Do I want to become addicted or immune? <laughs> Yeah, the other one is too hard. Yeah, no, uh-uh. Well, what would be most, like, what kind of makes sense? Like, can you become immune to prayer, or is that just That's very, very bleak? bleak for Errol. I actually think becoming immune to drinking almost makes sense. Not in that in that it doesn't do anything for him because he just doesn't. It's not for him. He tried it once, liked it then, but ever since, the gross alcohol put him off on it. Yeah, that makes sense. So you get immune to drinking. Can you ever not become immune to something? Um, I think there's a move in a playbook that makes it so you don't get immune to something. But you cannot clear immune. Yeah. I mean, Oof. yeah. I mean, luckily I've got several, you know, I mean, I'll just start taking opiates. That's like drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know, you're not supposed to take them if you drink, so. Yeah, I'm just being safe. Man, I... Okay, yeah. So, you basically grew disappointed with drinking. Social drinking is not for you. Okay, you are immune to drinking now. Sad. Okay, and how do you end the night in disappointment? Errol puts on his clothes, walks over, and I imagine Errol even still feels all keyed up. I mean, and he does. He still feels all keyed up from the previous day's action, even as he goes back to his plane, sleep near it. And he just looks around, glares at Dancer, who's sleeping so peacefully. With a precious dog. Takes a, just a <sighs> fine. 
and then goes and angrily lays down. So, Miku, you realize, is it is a Burgmeister, as many towns and similar sized community you expect. But uh, beyond the Burgmeister's office, there are also many lodges that seem to gather people that uh, are united by needs or by trade, and they exert authority across the different communes of the the Mikus Federation. The most preeminent ones, they would be the Healer's Lodge that seems to be dedicated to the maintenance of the health of the population as well as of the environment. The Hunter's Lodge, which uh, seems to be responsible for managing the dangers as well as providing food to the to, to the Federation. The Tender's Lodge, which they use it to tend to the farm trees as well as groom and tend to the vegetation of the of the swamp so that may they might obtain timber without damaging or killing uh, trees as well as other unique fauna uh sorry flora of these of these lands and finally we have the weaver's lodge which uh, basically focus in uh, transforming and exports and they seem to be responsible for the colorful clothes that uh, the people of Miku wear. And you can approach any of those five groups for jobs. Or you can, uh, if you have another idea, you can try to hitting someone else to see if they have any job offers for you. So this is going to probably set the standard for like, if we if we nail this job, this first job, then that's going to be what people maybe come to us for in the future. So I think that Derry is going to be like, you know, super bright eyed and happy after a lovely night out. And we'll just be like, you know, I think we should do we should do uh, some some really big, exciting jobs, maybe like something that the people of Miko will really love us for. Like, wh- wh- what do you think that the best one would be? Like, I, I, I don't know if I want to do like fighting again. And he kind of looks a little bit guilty and then gulps. And says, but but maybe there's something else. Look, dancer, no matter what we do, I'm sure we're probably going to end up doing some fighting. But you're right. Uh, as Errol says this, Derry can see that Errol just looks, but we should pick a job that's a bit less challenging considering there's two of us. Three with Agnes, who's off doing something witchy. So, okay. So, who are you going to approach for the job first? I mean, it's something. Mm, do we want a job that'll make us feel good? I think we want one that's going to, like, really get us a good reputation like oh they did that thing that's so cool we should hire them more let's go to the healers so you go to the nearest station of the of the healers lodge and you you see a big building an old building that seems to have seen better days because well despite being probably the oldest thing in miku it is an ill state of repair and you don't see many people around but the ones that you recognize you see their three colored scarf that you realize must be denoting any affiliation to this lodge in particularly and after waiting a bit you are directed to the elder of the lodge and 
and this elderly woman, she looks like a living bark that refuses to bend over to the wind. And she introduces herself as Restaria Numa. We usually don't get many circuses that are interested in working for the lodge. We cannot generally pay much, not compared to the other lodges. That's that's fine. We we just wanna we wanna help out, right? We're just starting out and this this is yeah, we we wanna help you. My friend here is right. Money is very money is important to us, don't get us wrong, but we also don't want to take we also don't want to be disgusted with ourselves. Working for you seems like a decent shot at that. All right. Uh one of you roll two D10s plus wealth, which in this Emiko is gonna be three. Would you like to do the honors, Brad? Sure. Seventeen. Yes. So because we got the 17, we do get to pick from the player options. <sighs> do we want to get paid more or do we want a milk run? Or maybe more sh- more jobs to pick from. Yeah. What do you think, Charlie? Uh, where? What page is this list on? Sorry. Page 115. 115. Okay. Well, I mean, I think they said that they didn't have much money. Maybe. I mean, I I love the idea of no com- <laughs> no complications, but is that going to be as fun? <laughs> Probably not. Do choose between two contracts or plus two to negotiation. I mean, my cat has opinions, but I'm, I'm choosing to ignore them. Let's let's do the two contracts. That seems like it'll be fun. Sounds good. Okay, so does a good impression in uh, in the elder and uh, Restaria presents you with uh, two options that you can take as jobs. We have had problems with whalers on one of our remote outposts. That place processes rare medicines deep into the jungle, which usually is not accessible from us here in the swamps. And what we would need you to do is to go there, lay an ambush, and once the whalers come back again to harvest our people there, you eliminate them. This is not without problems because there are some massive territorial creatures there that have been upset by the planes coming in and out. So you might also face unexpected trouble from the wildlife. Another job, something that we have been putting for a while is we need to give projects to the your young ones so that they feel motivated to continue working for the lodge. And we have been postponing a lot of projects because they are too dangerous. One of the projects is establishing a research station in a friendly distant commune they are not exactly part of the Miku, but uh, we are in good terms. The problem is that is a lot of material that we're going to have to haul for a long distance. So they're going to be traveling slowly and we will need someone else to act as a decoy, which means you will have to go flying around, making sure you are noticing and lure every single monster or bandit that might be hanging around waiting for easy prey so that they chase you instead of or slow caravan of researchers. Errol, Errol what, do you, what, do you, what do you think um, about those? Well, I mean, dealing with sky whalers always makes you feel warm and fuzzy. The other job seems a little more risky. We're going to be putting a lot of heat on ourselves from every two-bit sky pirate and would-be problem causer. But it, it'd help, though, right? Like, like 
I mean, they both help, but this seems like a, a, a big project. It is a big project. Uh, and I mean, I take it, Charlie, that Derry is being visibly uncomfortable with the idea of having to go fight the Sky Whalers. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to, like, I think he doesn't want to actively be attacking people, and he's just trying to skirt around saying that. Errol's gonna... Alright, it'll probably be... We'll probably be better equipped with Dancer here to help keep your researchers safe. We're not a big outfit. We don't have the muscle power necessarily to deal with all that problem. I understand. Only three planes is pretty humble for a flying circus. From small beginnings. But uh, yeah, we'll take we'll take the job to guard your researchers. I mean, you don't have to accept the job anyway. You can go looking for other clients. What do you think? Uh, I think we can do it. I, I mean, I, I can be very distracting, I've been told. There's a very colorful joke in there somewhere. But yeah, um, we'll take it. We'll guard your researchers. Yeah, so the the Healer's Lodge is willing to pay you $42. Isn't that... I'm trying to remember how much that is. That's more than your plane costs, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, that sounds like a lot from what I remember. Yeah, that's... That's some good money. <laughs> but we can negotiate, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, but in the business of true capitalism, we have to negotiate for more. Okay, so... Do you want to take the lead on this? Yeah, sure. So make your argument why you deserve more money. Well, I mean, like like, like you said, we are very, very small. And like, don't, don't take this uh, the wrong way, but because we're so small, we, I think, would need just a little bit of uh, extra from you just so that we can, uh, you know, help, help uh, get started up and, and continue to provide services to, to Miko and, and also yourself in the future. So, so maybe, you know, if, if there's anything else extra you could, you could throw in, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. And then I'm going to roll. Come on, daring. Shit. <laughs> so, uh, were you going to ask for uh, extra pay or you were uh, pressing for one of the benefits? I was pressing for one of the benefits. I was just hoping, I think, aiming really for expenses or employees, like something like that, because that, like they're the healer's lodge, so maybe they could cover medical bills. Yeah, I agree with Serafina. <laughs> She's just not happy with me. <laughs> So, Ristaria seems pretty, pretty upset with this, and she realizes this is not a charity, and the money that we are paying you is money that is not spent to help health of this community. And thinking about it better, this is this is something that is low priority. Again, we don't know if we're going to be able to get something from the research outpost. So, I think actually I may have overestimated how much I should pay you. And if I take into account the risk, I would say $32 is more fitting. That should cover your initial costs as well as any benefits that we might may, may get from this. I think $32 is the more favorable price. Derry kind of picks at some of the feathers on his elbow and looks at the floor and is like, yes, ma'am. I mean, you don't have to accept this offer at this price now. Yeah, that that's not as good of a deal considering just maintenance costs. I mean, it's going to put a lot of strain on the planes. Yeah, but that is the thing. After you negotiate, if you refuse, this job is gone. You cannot take this job again. Right. That's that's why I'm, I'm debating. This is an out loud thinking process for both me and Errol. How much does it cost to repair individual strain on the engine? 
I mean, I think I like one of the moves I checked was is that I can work on a plane, and if I succeed, I can repair the damage components for free. So you could feasibly and cut the cost of upgrades in half. So you could feasibly like just shove Derry in a hangar for five days. <sighs> we need a good working relate. All right, of course, with your new calculations, we will still be happy to accept the work. Uh, also, you can keep nego- keep co- you can just keep negotiating. Yes, you just get minus one every single time. Oh, we can. Oh, ex- <laughs> I'll take that risk. So once again, Errol's going to do uh, the strain on the planes, the ammunition, the danger. My lady, I understand that you know we this job is not a priority, but the safety of your people is vital. We're taking a lot of risk here ourselves. I mean, for lack of a better term, you're asking us to take the fire meant for your people, and that's fine. I have no issues taking that kind of a risk. But the greater the risk, the greater the reward. Now I'll roll Derry. Wait, minus one. I believe in you. You really shouldn't. I misread my stats. Get ready. But I'm committed now. Holy shit. So what were you asking for? <laughs> that is a perfectly good question. You were worried about repairs. Maybe you could ask for expenses. Yes, I'd prefer expenses. That's honestly where we lose most of our money. Okay. So are you going to keep pressing the negotiations? No, if she accepts expenses, that's fine. And she nods. Well, yes. 32 seems fair. Assuming that it's just a milk run. But uh, you're right. You might actually draw the attention of something dangerous and you are not able to escape unscathed. You can count that the healer's lodge will cover any expenses that you acquire during the job. This sounds ideal then. When would you like to depart? How about I am going to be writing down the contract. In the meantime, you're going to meet the researchers that you're going to lead. Sounds fine to me. And Jess, one of the attendants to take you to... Well, it seemed to be some kind of classroom, which a lot of people are just uh, studying uh, uh, some kind of pharmacy. Uh, you have no, you see formulas and drawings of plants and stones, but, and the lecturer turns to you. Oh, are you here because of the job? That's us. And this is a petite person and they introduce themselves. I'm Mary Swartz. I will be the one leading this expedition. I am uh, a Lord Master of uh, Pharmacy. It's nice to meet you. Um, I'm Derry. They call me Dancer, um, which is nice and exciting. Um, I fly a plane and this is this is Errol, who also flies planes. Hi, we're part of a flying circus. We're going to be safeguarding you all on your little uh, expedition. Uh, Good. Uh, we're going to be going in uh, in a pack of uh, tortoise jaguars. We're going to probably have to stall down. We'll be nowhere as fast as your plane. So we would be departing tomorrow. That's probably the, the soonest we can, uh, we can get ready. And we're going to be going through a very dangerous uh, zone. It is out of the territory of Miko. So there are no militia people there. So there's a lot of banditry on the region. And it is charted territory. So that should be safe at least. But uh, again, you might draw the attention of something really nasty. But that's kind of your 
job, isn't it? <laughs> That's us. We we deal with nasty things all the time. I mean, and rest assured, we'll be able to handle ourselves. We're just going to be worried about you all. So we'll depart early tomorrow. Do you have a map of the route you're taking so that we can take it with us? Yes. And uh, Jit goes back and uh, looks on her desk and they present to you a map. So we are going to, our destination is going to be the the village of Berga here. And they point to a place in the map that seems to be a clearing in the middle of uh, pretty thick marshland and you don't see many places for landing in between and we're gonna be taking a detour through the river here and here until we are out of the delta we should be safe during this time it would be once we leave from the delta that will be the troublesome part and that's probably where you're gonna need your attention and you probably can refill here and uh, they point to a way station just by the time we will be leaving all right sounds easy enough do you have any questions Anything you think we should know about? Nothing particularly. I never been to the region. You said you were worried about bandits, but also like you know some of the animals. Um, what, 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 which ones exactly are you most worried about? I mean, if you've got tortoise jaguars with you, uh, well, it's mostly anything that uh, is capable of flight. Tortoise jaguars are pretty vulnerable to attacks from the air. We have the anti-air guns until we leave the deltas, but then we're gonna lose this coverage, especially if we are traveling by water. Then we have limited maneuverability and there are the terrible tender swans and uh, all the all the flaming falcons that they tend to make their nests in the highlands but this time of the year they migrate south i'm i'm sorry i as you can tell I, i'm not from the drylander regions did you just say thunder swan Yes, they, they they are almost extinct, but uh, I think there's at least three mated pairs that fly on this region. They seem to have some relationship with uh, electricity con- conducting gaze- gases, and they tend to keep them in a specific bladder in the body, and they can use that to achieve both high speeds and also to create s- storms. You know Errol, just nesting things. Errol just sighs very deeply. And I assume fire... Don't tell me. I assume fire falcons are equally dangerous to those of us in wooden canvas. Ah, uh, no, no. Of course not. They they are not flaming birds. That will be ridiculous. They are just extremely large. Oh, well, I guess I wouldn't have chosen this career path if I wanted to live forever. None of us will. Um, any other obvious dangers? Well, there's also the bandits. Uh, I say bandits, but they are probably villagers nearby that, you know, they don't follow the terms of the Miku Federation, so, you know, they are bandits. Bandits? I, we can handle. Dancer's quite handy with bandits it's everything else i'm worried about we, we can probably paint up minor agnes's plane maybe make it look like we're just uh escorting somebody maybe they'll come looking for us i, I think that'll be easy 
I mean, uh, you are all flying aces, right? These people, they probably never brought out a single plane in their life. Oh, the, the bandits are the ones I'm genuinely the least worried about. They'll, they'll be handled. It's the Thunder Geese and Fire Falcons and all of the other nesting things. The Thunder Swans. Geese and Swans are very different. Like, Errol, come on. Pardon. Thunder Swans. It's a beautiful death, at least. We'll be fine. Thank you for telling us all of this. Um, I guess we'll, you know, come up with a strategy and we'll be ready to meet you when you're ready to go. Yep. Bright and early tomorrow morning. No, that's about it. I might... Uh, give me a second. This is a mechanical question. I'm trying to remember what warrior followers do. Uh, guard, yeah, guards basically fight for you. I know she's a guard. I'm not sure if they mend the guns. Okay. I don't think they do, which is why I was going to suggest sending Mitzi with them. Yeah, but you know, if you crash land, you would like to have them with you. Ludo, I, I have lashed to the mast and intend on doing it every flight. If I'm going to crash, I'm <laughs> we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Um, I am going to look up. Would you like an extra hand to ensure your safety on the ground? Mm, I think an extra hand is not going to solve it because honestly, we would have to abandon the expedition if we actually lose anything. We really relying are we are really relying on not getting the attention of anything large. All right. Well, hopefully we shouldn't. We'll meet tomorrow for final rundown. Let's go, dancer. All right. As soon as we're out of sight and out of earshot of the researcher, I'm going to look dancer dead in his eyes. Why did it have to be flying birds that can breathe storms? Well, I mean, there's always kinds of birds that can do things. We have some around back at home. Uh, they don't breathe storms and they're not like super big. Maybe more like, you know, a small house big. But like if they if they squawk, because they squawk, they're parrots. It'll burst your eardrums and maybe your head. So we try and stay clear of them. But it'll be fine because these ones are different. Um, So I'm pretty sure it'll be okay. Dancer, you're from the mainland, right? Yeah. Well, if you ever have to go back home for anything, leave me out of it. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so it's time for introspection. Hooray! So let's let's reflect on recent events. Consider the mistakes you made, the ways you were weak, and the things you are proud of. Promise yourself a change you'll make if you survive. You might share these thoughts, but you don't have to. Who wants to go first? Sorry, I'm just trying to find introspection in the book so that I know what I am talking about. Win 22. Ah, thank you. Cool. Well, I think that Derry's definitely not proud of um, how the the combat went the other day. You know, straight up just killed someone and is pretty ashamed of, you know, asking for more money from the Healer's Lodge after they'd already been, like, pretty generous. So he's kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit. Maybe I need to be a little bit more patient but i also don't know if i know how to be patient he's mulling over that a lot and like maybe you know after after this one he's gonna make a bit more of an effort to to think before he speaks and think before he act maybe and errol errol sits down and thinks that he's not proud of how the last mission went for the exact opposite reason as dancer quite simply it went too messy there was almost there was at least one person who no nobody escaped but two people almost escaped and those are dangerous pirates if they escape it's not like they're going to go and 
find, you know, open flower shops. They're going to attack more innocent people at some point. Errol's fine with people who surrender, but when they peel away from a dogfight, that's just a sign they're going to come back for another one. He wants this mission to be efficient. He doesn't want anyone to be hurt, nobody to be killed, and hopefully everyone survives the flying, terrifying storm, storm swans with all their limbs intact. All right, so none of you are stressed, right? That's right. One away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you can um, use advancement and get masteries if you want. Ooh. So you can spend XP. Also, even though I can't spend an XP, you can remove an immunity to a vice. Uh, It's rehab moderation. Yeah. All right. So I could add plus one to a stat or take a personal move or the other ones. Uh, What do you think would be fun? What farmer moves do you have? So I have trust your instincts. So I get a new mastery every three marks. I have you came in that thing and I have it's working. I'm thinking like somatically, if he just was thinking about calming down. I could just add plus one to calm, which is currently at minus three. <laughs> and maybe that's that's a good like thematic change. Or are there any uh, personal moves that you think would be pretty useful? I, I know you just listed the ones you have, but do you have this is where the fun begins? I do not. That is so fitting for your character. That's true. After a flight race once race, and if you didn't fight, remove another. Yeah, I should just take that one. You're right. Okay, that's me done. One XP left. I didn't get any XP. Okay. Yeah, but both of you, because I don't think you have any mastery picket, can now start working on a mastery. So... Yay! Pick one of the masteries, then you start um, marking marking progress there. Mm. Oh, slipstream sounds right up my alley. Okay, so you you're gonna get progress on slipstream based on aircrafts shut down, crashes, or led to their destruction. Okay. I'm torn between sharpshooter and bushwhack. I didn't dive a whole bunch, so I think sharpshooter might be better. Well, but you did not exactly aim, did you? Right, that's the core problem. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I'm gonna go with bushwhack. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna take bushwhack. Well, no, my plane's not super fast. I guess it's gonna be sharpshooter, and you're gonna have to start aiming more. <laughs> I know. Oh no. Are you a calm person, there, Errol? Yes. Well then, calm's one of my better. Calm and hard are my two best stats. Okay, so you're gonna get progress on aircraft or balloons shoot down or probable kill. Okay, so do you want to start a new routine or you want to call it now? I feel like this this might be a good place to call just because we don't have like it would be like I think the closer we get to tomorrow morning, the closer we get to like trying to explain how Agnes magically appeared out of nowhere. I mean, she's a witch. She probably just do that. She wasn't a plane. Planes fly. She's oh, hot. she came too. Okay, she's just been doing her own thing. <laughs> she's Han. She's Han Solo. Right when we need her the most, she swoops in to save us. <laughs> So yeah, I, I, I don't mind. I feel like we've got like what we've done an hour and 45 minutes. So that's barely decent. Yeah, we've gotten to see a lot of the characters too. Like Errol's developing a soft spot for Dancer until he until he realizes that Dancer's not shooting to kill. And then that's going to be a problem. <laughs> and also he's a bird. <laughs> this is another game where you don't like birds. 
I, no, I told you all. I don't know how many times I have to tell you, and you can leave this in, Ludo. I don't get along with birds. I'm scared of birds. Well, to be fair, they are dinosaurs, so... Two different times I've been attacked by roosters. Yeah. <laughs> birds? Like, that's not counting the countless other bird attacks. Like, I don't know why. Birds hate Brad. Brad hates birds. It's the natural order of things. <laughs> Okay, so okay, let's finish then with stars and wishes. Let's go. Let's start with stars. Go ahead. I I really liked the sort of the haphazard kind of the the night out was just really like it. It really felt like one of those um, you know movies that get made for high people about high people. <laughs> um, you know. Right. I just like that. <laughs> I thought it was a good setup. Just, you know, things going horribly wrong um, for no reason. Making making friends, um, you know, ending ending on like thinking about the universe. Like I just liked that whole vibe. Oh, my Charlie, I gotta give you my star because you really have captured like and this is in the best way possible. You've captured the like what the farmer playbook is supposed to be, the kind of naive, energetic, like, I'm so excited to be flying. Oh god, I'm killing people. <laughs> Perfectly. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, I really liked how the two of you took to the live dangerous aspect of pilots also outside of the of the planes. I really like how both of you just roll with it. Yes, this is our night off uh, now. We're going to probably be risking our lives tomorrow. So what difference it makes if we risk our lives tonight? I mean, we, we live dangerous. <laughs> One day we're going to meet a real goose alligator. Hopefully not, because <laughs> with our luck, we'll be flying and it won't be one goose alligator. It will be a migratory flock of <laughs> goose alligators. And that's, I mean, geese take out modern planes. I mean, I mean, Brad, this is really dangerous of you to say now because you really expanded on 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 an idea that could end up being a wish. I understand that, <laughs> that I'm just handing bullets to people. Like, I mean, that's how Mark <laughs> that's how Mark Thatcher's coup failed because a flock yeah. of birds in Zimbabwe. Look, <laughs> you can plot for everything. Nobody has a plan for a flock of terrifying monsters. Well, especially if you want to fail, son. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, you know, I honestly, I honestly don't know what 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 wish to put down because I think we've had like we've we've done kind of like the a, a fairly big spread of like different um, types of scene. We've had like you know combat stuff. We've had negotiation. We've had going out. Um, I know there are, there are some some of the like uh, downtime interactions we haven't done. So like maybe a wish for them just on the grounds that they would be new. Um, but yeah, like that's that's what I always wish for in the beginning. Like, you know, what what else is there that we can take a look at? I'm sorry for the meowing. That is on my end. <gasps> Bane, come here, honey. <laughs> no, you want you want your mom? I'm sorry, she's not in the room. I, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> 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 like it's it's wild i've never had a cat that is this vocal so nope he just 
Vane, are you waiting for me to talk? <laughs> it's so adorable, but he just so loud. Now, wait. All right. So my wish is that... um. And this is also just a warning to Ludo. I'm 100% going to use my whispered answers moves to have creepy dreams about the future. And I know you do an excellent creepy dream sequence. So I want in on that action. I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean... I mean, you have no, there is no creepy dream sequences ever coming in any game past and or present. When have I ever done something like that? You, sir, offend me. (laughs) Well, this is probably going to come out before the creepy dream sequence that may or may not exist on another recording. It doesn't exist. (laughs) Any creepy dream sequences are propaganda manufactured by the enemy. It is counter-revolutionary propaganda. (laughs) But it's your propaganda. <laughs> I agree, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but uh, you mean that that would show as part of Whispered uh, Answers, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be honest, uh, I'm surprised that you did not indulge that. We had two nights in town. I know. I I wanted to save it until right before the mission because I think I'm going to ask some relevant questions like that. And I'm definitely going to ask, how can I serve my dark ma- masters? Yeah, I guess that might be an interesting way to start next session. Because <laughs> that's like ha- that move was a big swaying point to me picking this playbook is how great that move is. Yeah, to be honest, uh, uh, this is the kind of move that uh, I, as a player, I would pick always, whatever the playbook, you know, just make a Fisher and then get to Whisper Dancers and Creepy. Creepy is also like the Fisher playbook. It was either that or the Soldier, and the Fisher really did just, I loved it so much. Yeah, but you know, for example, if, if you, even if I made the Soldier, I'll probably get also Whisper Dancers and make also the, the Soldier a Fisher. And then. Uh, I would also get creepy because you have if you do if you do a com- uh, learn a Fisher move. Yeah, if you get the Fisher move, you always have to get creepy. It's so it like the Fisher playbook and like and I love that aspect. At some point, I cannot wait to teach one of the other players a move and be like, and now you have the same problem I do. Oh, oh, your your mother is back, Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, my wish is kind of to see how you deal with uh, uh, a mission with uh, an actual uh, goal uh, and how you're going to make choices on the air and you, how you're going to deal with the dwelling resources. That will be probably interesting uh, thing to see. Uh, and uh, yeah, because uh, the the jumping to the action last time was just, you know, having a fight. It was not even really a mission. Uh, there was not really much you could do or is it or really to be honest stakes uh, but this time it was a tutorial uh, yeah it was a tutorial so now you're going to be dumped on an actual mission in which you have to manage the things and uh, you actually have going to have to pay for any of the mistakes that you make no yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it'll be okay, right? We're not in kites with metal bits that'll fly everywhere and hurt us, right? Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, and, you know, actually, Whispered Answers might be a good starting point for next session. I think that can be how we start. That's that's going to be so good. I love when we start with creepy dreams. I'm s- not that we have or ever will start with creepy dreams. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll have to invite someone else to do that for me. 